Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Full Stack Leader Podcast. This is the special TechCrunch episode, and this week I'm excited to have here with me Valentine Watts of Exalite. He's the CEO there, and they work in the security field. I'm really excited to talk a bit about uh, some of the exciting things happening on that front. Great to have you here, Valentine. Thank you. Great to be here. Well, we've had a couple of really great conversations uh, coming out of the conference, and um, I was so excited to talk to you about some of the things you're doing. Maybe you can give us a quick rundown as to what Exalite does um, and how, how you have your approach to cybersecurity. Okay. So Exalite is a data protection tool set. Traditionally, most cybersecurity uh, products have leaned towards protecting the IT network itself. So in other words, all the other layers that you've got to go through, the actual firewalls, the actual local area network, your wide area network, uh, your virtual private network, and all the networks you need to get to actually get through to data, shared data, or to interact with uh, anyone else uh, on a network. We know that since COVID, when everyone started working remotely, uh, what became apparent was that we became a lot more vulnerable because so many we're all logging in and doing work remotely. And people are collaborating remotely as well. But then what that did was it simply precipitated the level uh, of cybercrime, which is why we see all the news reports that we get now, because simply that level of collaboration and remote working from a security point of view was not advanced enough or had not advanced enough in the manner to which some of the sophisticated tools and techniques that now exist within uh, the cybercrime world uh, to be able to impede some of those attacks. So that's created a problem where a lot of networks are getting bypassed and people are stealing data. So the ransomware crime is now on the up. So the approach we've used with Exolite is to now serve as a last line of defense. If everything else fails, and the cyber criminals have got into your network. When they get through, the data is encrypted with 256 years bit encryption, which means that if you don't have the correct keys, both the public and the private key, which is really what cryptology is all about, and without going into too much detail about that one, if you don't have those keys, then you cannot view that data. So pretty much what we did was we said, we're going to get there first. X-Lite gets there first and encrypts your data making it impossible for someone else to decrypt that data that does not have the keys. So a typical scenario would be if Exolite is protecting your data, whenever that data is stored, it is encrypted. But and this is data, and it also includes data files as well. So we're talking about data in a database and also your data files as well. Exolite encrypts both and secures both. So by the time you get a data file that is already encrypted or to a database that has data in it that is already encrypted, you really can't do much about it as a cyber criminal. All you can do is put on your own layer of encryption or try to delete that file. So maliciously delete that file or encrypt it. Now, if you encrypt it yourself, obviously, because we don't have those keys or Excelite does not have those keys, Excelite cannot decrypt that file. But what now happens is we now have two layers of encryption. Excelite has encrypted it and the cyber criminal has also encrypted it. And even if they do delete that file, Excelite automatically backs up this file automatically backs up its encrypted file version, which means that regardless of what happens, a user can literally delete those files or a user can literally delete every information from that computer, log back into Xlite and pull up their files. The backup is sitting right on your dashboard there in Xlite and allows you to recover it. And it's also sent to you via email. 
So our approach with Xlite is being to focus on the data. We also have Xlite AI, which is a offensive and defensive option as well, which is built and we're probably 67% stages of finishing it off right now. And it's built to use known information and artificial intelligence and machine learning with data that we're capturing at the moment to provide intelligence and learning, X-Lite AI to preempt an attack. So in other words, profiling where an attack can come from and taking action to do that. So it's a combination of artificial intelligence and software robotics and automation to ensure that the right level of protection is given for both your digital assets and your IT network. That sounds like you guys have been working on a pretty big and complex problem that really peaked its head since COVID. And and you've seen ransomware become such a big deal. What really sparked me, though, at the, the booth when I saw you guys there is you have this contest running to actually prove the level of security that you have. I thought it was a really like fun and, and big call out. Maybe you can talk a little bit about that. In order to explain what we're doing, we started to explain better because it's, it's a lot better when you can visually show what we're trying to do. And that's what we tried. So we thought of different methods of doing that. And we came up with that. So we started running a cybersecurity talent about eight weeks ago now. And we also brought that into TechCrunch that we are exhibitors and sponsors of that as well. So we started running that challenge. And the idea is we've hidden data and information, both in the database, in the X-Lite database, in data files that are protected that are encrypted by Exolite. And we've said, if you're able to break into our network and view this data, we will give you $10,000. We would transfer this $10,000 to whatever Bitcoin wallet you have anywhere. And frankly, if you're able to do that, we will double it up with negotiating to see if we could work with you because we would like to know how you did it. Because obviously, you bypassed the highest levels of cryptology that we have today that we know a quantum computer is unable to break, at least not right now. I know there's been talked about maybe it will happen in the next time in some of the, the, the conversation around quantum computing. It has not happened yet. And if it happens, I'm sure the level of cryptology would also go up a notch. We decided to run this challenge and we protected this data. And we've been getting on attempted attacks, brute force attacks globally. We get it from the United States, Korea, South Korea, wherever, just name it, United Kingdom, Singapore. We've had everywhere. But we are also using that uh, to capture some data and studying that data and profiling some of where these attacks are coming from as the data that we're using to feed in to the X-Lite area model uh, that we're building as well. So far, there hasn't been anyone breaking in. But the, the beauty of this is that even if someone does, which we don't believe is possible, but if it does, it would help us to learn something more and we will understand that some of the things we're talking about has also advanced and for us to raise the game in understanding how to mitigate that as well. That's the first point. The second point is we're, we're getting over 150 attacks on a weekly basis now. But the point is, even if they do break into a network, you still have the same problem, which is what we're trying to demonstrate, that even if you did bypass the network, which no one's been able to do so far, even if you were able to bypass the network, you still have a problem of breaking through 256 AES bit. Now, not unless you have a pattern method or you've come up with something to do that, you're not going to get the prize. Now, whilst we're in a tech crunch as well, it was quite interesting because we obviously had it the roll-up banner and information. And it was very interesting watching people walk across. I know a number of conversations that we had where people stood there and said to me, I'm going home. And when I get home, I'm going to round up my associate and we're going to try to break in. And believe me, two or three hours later, you would see a number of boot attacks coming through. Right. It, was quite, it was quite a good one. 
find a good test of what we're trying to do. Well, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I was wondering around the, the concept of these kind of brute force attacks right now, they're mostly human, right? But there is a shift coming, much like we're going to see a shift in black hat hacking, where you're going to see robots penetrating. I, I'm expecting we're going to see a lot more white hat penetration protection from white hat penetration from robots as well as a way to basically inform inform us. Is there a point where it just becomes too complex to track when the robots begin to really try and tear one another apart? Uh, well, to be honest, no, because you see uh, networks and uh, our server machines, our whole server machines are protected by complex passwords. So you will see someone trying to break in as root and they'll try it insistently. And the point is when you try it four times, it's automated to kick you out and then block that IP address. Then you try another one. Then you try another one. And you can watch this. I mean, when I look at the stats, when I see some of the reports, you would see, and you would know that some, sometimes these attempts are via VPNs, where someone is going in and saying, okay, I'm not going to come in through here. And then you try it four times, and then it, it locks you out again. I says, no, I'm not going to let you in. But the, the, the passwords are complex. And that's, and that's part of what we're trying to indicate here as well, that the idea that we're all vulnerable to cybercrime is very inaccurate. It's very inaccurate. There are methods to ensure that you cannot be broken into. Now, whether robots are attempting it, now, using robots or software robotics are using more automated fashions to try to break in. Yes, that is an issue. Because obviously, that's a place to which you can try several notations. But with complex passwords as well, um, that becomes a challenge. Now, on top of that as well, we have no misgivings, even if you do break through the network, even with the robotic and automation uh, type tools that you're using, you still have a problem of breaking through 256-bit encryption. And I would like to be aware, if there is any such thing, we're not aware, we're certainly not aware of anything, of any robotics or any automation you could use to break through that. Break through that. The, the only thing you could use at the closest solution at the moment today is quantum computing, and it's still not there yet. Well, I think I agree with you on a pure brute force level. I, I, I absolutely agree. I think you and I talked about this a little bit. It's going to be a whole big ball of wax for everybody once quantum computing catches up to the point where right. it, it can break the encryption across everything. Before then, though, there is still an interesting thing. I mean, we watched this with the ChatGPT testing, where ChatGPT was using methods beyond brute force, where they were really, it, it, as a computer, was trying to think about how it communicate with other people to get things done. Do you think that there is level of tracking around more multi-approached attacks that we have to keep in mind that a computer might be able to figure out that humans haven't? Well, yes, I agree. But I think that's the reason why I had a very interesting conversation with three cybersecurity industry leaders at TechCrunch as well. And one of the things that we agreed on very clearly was, in that same manner, that's more reason why more use of artificial intelligence, more use of machine learning, software robotics as well, needs to be used to impede uh, some of these attacks. So as these attacks are getting more sophisticated and more automated and using intelligence, you're going to have to reverse that intelligence as well or reverse those, those technology advances that are happening within the, the AI defend to defend them as well, which is what Exolite AI is doing. Exolite AI is literally doing exactly what you're saying, but from a defending point of view. So, and also the approach of Traditionally, for the last 20 years, and I've been around this field for the last 20 years, so I would know as well. Traditionally, for the last 20, 25, 30 years, the, the industry has adopted an approach that 
everything relies on the earlier layers prior to getting to the data or to the application. We now say, Exolite, we've had probably seven uh, different uh, groups of penetration testing done on Exolite, very deliberately, because we now say that even in, in software engineering and application development, the application now needs to have some degree of robustness in terms of security in the build of it. The idea that all the other layers will protect it beforehand, just 20, 30 years ideas uh, of, of, of before. Today, we need the approach of not just the network layer, the firewall layers and all that, but in terms of the data and the application as well. Since we're at that level of technology now, we now need to reuse those things, the same advancement to protect against uh, some of these automated attacks that are going to happen are going to become even more rampant uh, as we're going to see in the future. How do we get the community together to work on this as a collaborative group versus maybe adversaries trying to beat each other out? It seems like this one might be better with heads put together versus heads separated. That's a very good question, uh, Ryan. I think that the industry is beginning to realize, I mean, certainly, obviously, we are pretty out of Australia at the moment. There's a lot of um, gatherings beginning to happen. Um, in fact, because uh, we actually have a minister for cybersecurity here, and she's been doing a, a lot of work um, in terms of getting groups together from uh, financial services and trying to begin to have some of these com- conversations and collaborations. I think it's getting there, maybe not as fast as, as one would uh, prefer. But I think some of those conversations, uh, certainly with some of the guys that I met uh, in TechCrunch, we've agreed that we're actually organizing uh, a couple of webinars over the next uh, few months to have for that conversation. But we had, I think we had two or three hours standing up a conversation that was very intense. And we intend to carry those things on and do our own little bit as well in organizing some of those things. But I think there's a lot going on, certainly from this point of view, where I think that realization is gradually becoming mainstream that people need to get together talk about it, and even things like this pod, a podcast you're doing today, or the, what we're doing today, things that would trigger me. Someone else will listen to this and say, oh, okay, let's invite him to this. Let's sit down and talk about this. And this is a view as well. So I think gradually we're getting there. Probably, I uh, we're getting there, but I think there's a lot of conversation, there are a lot of groups who are beginning to have those conversations. I think we're still far off from approach. I'm convinced that the approach, I think there's still a lot of things. And that's one of the things we've highlighted in the way we're doing our marketing and the way that we're getting this message out and the way that we are beginning to make, have a lot more emphasis on educating and saying, this is why we're doing this. Some of the videos that we've done or some of the marketing videos we've done, I think we have a 3D one, which tries to explain to you. We actually use an analogy of a burglar trying to get into your house and trying to steal a, a gold billion that you have in the safe. We've used that as an analogy in the same way uh, that someone's trying to get to your data as well. There's a lot of educating that needs to be done, a lot of talking about it for the different groups, companies, people who are in this area who are looking for us to successfully start making an impact in mitigating cybercrime, the approach in the way that we protect it. Remember, data was not as valuable. We didn't have as, as much volume of data that we had 30 years ago. Today, a mobile phone can carry more data than a database server 20 years ago. Um, you can have phones that carry as much as a terabyte of data today. We generate, we consume, and we share so much more data than we did 20, 30 years ago. So we've been kind of caught off guard to a point, and there's a lot of catching up that now needs to be done in the way that we safeguard and protect our data. And part of that thinking needs to be looking at a new approach, a new way, leveraging new technology as well in using that to 
reverse that and then impede some of these crimes as well. Yeah, that's a great summary. One last thing before we wrap up. I thought I'd switch it to something kind of fun. I was in a, a comic book store with my son the other day, and I was looking at all the different superheroes in the comic book store, and I had this epiphany. I think that all the superheroes in here are actually digital cybersecurity heroes because it is the universe in which superheroes can actually live, and we can do some pretty amazing things. Absolutely. So along those lines, what do you think are some interesting superheroes or cybersecurity developments that might be coming to life over the next little bit? And can they become like mythology and interesting stories? Hmm. So in other words, you're saying, how do we like to a superhero, like the comic to yep. to some of the the work that we're doing. Yep. We can't have Spider-Man necessarily in real life, but we can have a superhero body of capabilities in the digital landscape. Are we going to see some interesting leaps in that? And can it become something that we relate to on that level? Wow. Okay. That's a good question. I think I am excited for the future. And I think there's so much that can be done. And I think that as research and development and new tools, new advancements, both in software engineering overall, information technology overall, across IoT, across your uh, robotics, your software robotics, and all forms of automation, I think we're certainly going to see some very advanced. I think the moment the industry pivots to understanding that we need to to innovate even further because also there are cybersecurity professionals who are very much stuck in the old traditional methods of protecting a network. I am saying you need to move, you need to be a little bit more open in advancing. So short answer to your question. Yes. Iron Man or or maybe even Batman, like technology characters. But I think to some degree, a lot of the magic that's taking place that we see inside those stories are things that we can only imagine as something that's not real, but we're kind of entering into that space where we're going to see some of that happen on a compute level. So it's going to be interesting. I thought it was kind of playful to think about, oh, you might see this. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree. Iron Man, that's probably one of the closest. I'm sure there are others, and I come to mind at the moment. I'm sure there are others. Now, I'm sure once I come up there, I remember and I'm thinking, oh, I should have said this one, but that's fine. Iron Man is pretty close, I would say. I just thought it would be a fun one to end on, but yeah, it was really great to hear your thoughts and, and um, talk a little bit about this. I hope we get a chance to chat more in the near future. You're working on an extremely important problem for everybody. And uh, we appreciate all of your innovation and thought. And I was uh, really excited to meet you and, and see you at the conference. Thank you very much. And thanks, thanks for having me here. 